FLS is supported by mission partner Fellowship of Christian Athletes. FCA's vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. FCA is for those involved with sport at all levels, ages and abilities to the elite standard. Contact FLS to find out ways that you can be engaged, equipped and empowered to live for Jesus and outreach in your sporting world. Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the heart and soul of sport. For more details, head to faithlifesport.com. Exploring the faith, life and sport of Christians in sport. This is FLS. Here's your host, Graham Burrell. Hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today we're entering the world of judo with Abigail Paduck, hearing about her journey in the sport, which includes a bronze medal at the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. She'll also be sharing about her faith. Abigail, welcome to FLS. Thanks for having me here, Graham. Now, what do we call you a judo artist? How would we reference you, if I can ask? Yeah, so the official term is a judoka, uh, so Japanese word because judo comes from Japan, but judo player, yeah, judo athlete, anything kind of applies. <laughs> and how did you first get into the sport? Uh, it was run at my school, part of um, NW activities, uh, just as an incentive to keep kids coming along for the last few days of the year. And yeah, I went along and I really enjoyed it. And the following year, I showed up to a dojo and they were like, oh, you should keep on going. And I did and just started competing. And I really enjoyed that as well. Now, you mentioned that word dojo. I've heard that reference before. What is, what is, what is that or what does it mean? Yeah, again, another Japanese word. Uh, it just means the place where we train for judo. So typically it's, uh, especially in Australia, it's like a shed type of structure or uh, just like a building. My uh, club was like a warehouse type of space and just fitted out with mats on the ground, hopefully spring um, spring sprung mats um, so it's not too hard when you're getting free. But, yeah, just the dojos where you come in and train. Now, I've seen some of your videos and obviously watching you compete. You were at the Commonwealth Games representing Australia last year. What are some of the disciplines that you can share with us about judo? It's more sort of a grappling, wrestling moves. Is that correct? Yeah. So I think typically when people think of martial arts, they think of kicking and punching or like karate style. Uh, But judo is not like that. There's no punching or kicking involved. Uh, although we do get a fair few whacks to the head sometimes. Uh, but, no, it's more the grappling style, but we're aiming to throw the other person on their back. So starts from standing. We call the standing component tachiwaza. Um, starts from standing. You're aiming to throw the other person on their back a lot of the time or going to groundwork or the knee waza component. And from there, if you haven't thrown someone on their back with force, um, if you have, then you've won the match already. But if you haven't, then it goes into the groundwork component and you're trying to hold someone down on the ground for 20 seconds to get an if on or either um, get them to submit to an armbar or to a choke or strangle. And is there points awarded off those moves as well? Yeah. So in judo, how you win is you need to get an if on. Uh, and the way I think of the Ifon is one whole point, and there's also Wazari, which two Wazaris equal Ifon, so I just think of it as half a point. Um, you can get Wazari from 
throwing someone uh, throwing someone um, where it's either rolling onto their back or it's not full force when you throw them onto their back. Um, obviously, if you do that twice, two Wazaris, then you win the match. Uh, but if you don't, then you could have gone in a Wazari throwing someone. You go to hold them down on the ground. You finish off the second Wazari, um, get the Ippon. Um, but if someone submits to a choke or strangle or umbar, it's automatic um, Ippon. We want to ask you more about um, your judo career very soon, but can you take us back, please? Um, and I suppose share a bit more of your background. I believe born in Wollongong in New South Wales back in the year 2000. Uh, who makes up your family? Yeah, 2000s baby. <laughs> uh, I was born in Fig Tree, but I grew up in Oak Flats and then Albion Park Rail. I'm one of five. Uh, so I have an older sister and an older brother, Hannah and Josh, and two younger brothers, Daniel and Samuel. Um, so yeah, I love all my siblings a lot. It's been really interesting to be the middle child of them all, to have both the influence of having older siblings, but also being an older sibling. Um, and so my younger two brothers, uh, still live in Arming Park Rail. Um, older brother has like, um, moved about an hour up from there down the coast and then my oldest sister lives in Sydney and now I'm over in Melbourne so yeah I'm the furthest away now. Uh, we want to ask you a bit more soon about what you're doing in Melbourne but do you get back often to the to the Illawarra uh, to, to see family and friends? Really not that often um, I would love to get back more but I'm pretty busy here between uni work and then the judo schedule but yeah I've gone back a few times and each time it's been really great to go see my family. Now also uh, in each of our episodes of the podcast we love talking to our guests about their faith. Um, If you can share about yours please was it part of your upbringing or did you uh, have your faith later on in life? Yeah so I went to church growing up uh, but I definitely didn't really establish that faith until I moved out of home Uh, I moved to Sydney when I was 16, and that's really when my uh, self-driven faith journey began. Self-driven, of course, by the Holy Spirit, but without that external influence. Um, Yeah, and just establishing that relationship with God, the personal relationship, Mm. like I said, without the external influence. Yeah. And was there a moment that you can think back of when that happened or as you said when you were 16 so you, you'd moved away from home was that for school or for for extracurricular stuff uh i moved out of home and then i joined a judo club in sydney which definitely uh enhanced my judo journey um and then i ended up going to school up there as well finishing off school out there um but yeah no i can't think of a defining moment it was gradual times where faith was um, tested or um, just circumstances by the grace of God that just really allowed me to be like wow there's a creator there's a savior I need the savior and yeah and how has that I suppose your faith you've had some ups and downs in in your sporting career I, I read that you had and you were out for a while with a spinal injury how has your faith helped you i suppose get through those those moments where it has been in any way i suppose for your sporting career quite tough so i honestly don't know how people go through tough times without faith uh 
I, in, in the really hard times, uh, well, in all times, it's so comforting to know there's uh, a God out there who loves me and knows me personally, but especially during the hard times when, especially when you're going through painful experiences, um, both physically and otherwise, uh, where other people are supportive, but they don't actually know what you're going through. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, knowing that there was a God who uh, knows me, cares for me, and already has my future planned out. Um, that was super comforting. But also to know, I think because uh, as an athlete who dedicates a lot of their time and effort and energy into this sport, uh, particularly being a combat sport, a lot of injuries happen, mm. a lot of big injuries happen, uh, that it's comforting to know that even if this doesn't work out, that God already knows that, he's got that plan, uh, and he's going to take care of me. Thank you so much for sharing about that. You're on the road at, at tournaments, obviously often travelling overseas. How are you still able to, I suppose, maybe a bit easier uh, these days, I suppose even since COVID with a lot of churches now having stuff online, is it, is it a bit easier to ke- connect back into, to say, your home church? Yeah, it is. Uh, I, now that I've moved to Melbourne, I've got a different home church. I'm at uh, St. Jude's in Carlton, the uni church. That's been really great to have so many other believers around my own age. I've never really experienced that at church before. Um, and that's really great because uh, people around my age, I'm 23, um, we're pretty big on messaging and that's available overseas as well, obviously. Uh Definitely keeping connected in the sermon type is harder because I'll just listen to recordings. Um, one recording, I, one uh, church recording that I really like going back to is the Calvary Church in um, Ontario in Canada. I really like a, one of the uh, pastors there. But, yeah, no, it is hard, and especially being in a sport um, in a group that there's no other Christians I find it really hard to lean on other people when I'm away, especially for anything spiritually related. I do have uh, big support through family members who give me a call. My uncle's a pastor, so he's always up for a chat about that. And um, same with my auntie. But, yeah, it is hard and it's definitely a process. I, I'm someone who likes to listen to the audio Bible, but I do also like to take my physical Bible along with me just so I have that a bit more options, a bit more versatility when when you're on the road and there isn't that many options available. And and that I suppose bigger events like the Com Games are there are there say Christian groups that you can connect into or even chaplains that you can spend time with away from competing. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. Uh-huh. Uh, normally when we tour, it's just uh, the senior judo team. Uh, and like I said, there's no other Christians within that group. Uh, chaplains, I would have assumed, now that you mention it, that there would have been some sort of service like that um, at Com Games, but I was never aware of it. I was aware of a few other like groups and stuff, uh, but yeah, definitely that wasn't mentioned. I have they met a few other Christians on the road, um, one particular girl from Ukraine and, yeah, a few others as I've gone through. So that's been really encouraging to 
meet other competitors. Yeah, the the ones that I know are also in my work division and to meet them on the road and be like, oh, you're like growing up in another country, also drawn to judo and you have the same faith as me. It really uh, unites and makes me feel a bit more uh, connected uh, with that church family, I guess. Well, it's halftime on today's episode of the FLS podcast. Our special guest from the world of judo is Abigail Paduck. And what we love to do here at halftime on the FLS podcast is asking our guests a whole bunch of fun, quick questions. Okay, Abigail, your first question. What is your favorite judo move? Chimara. Which is? (laughs) Think of a fast, high arabesque for speed while you're throwing someone. Uh, You've been all over the world with judo. Your favorite place you visited? Malaga in Spain. We were like across from a beach and they had a buffet and we didn't have any more comps we needed to make weight for. So it was great food and a great time. (laughs) Sounds very nice. Now, aside from winning bronze at the Commonwealth Games last year, do you have another highlight from your time in judo that you're proud of? Yeah, I was the first uh, Oceania, uh, Asia Oceania um, champion. So that was an amazing moment. what happened was there used to be Oceana Open where all Oceana people competed and and we got a lot of points from it and they were like, the quality isn't high enough, we're going to put you with Asia. And a lot of people were saying, we're not going to get any medals, this and that. And to come away with a gold was, yeah, amazing. Well done. Um, other than judo, another sport that you're good at? Netball. I used to do state before I transferred over to judo. Very cool. Um, your toughest opponent? Oh, I think doubt, mental doubt. Why would that be? Just, you you doubt what you're capable of and especially if God's put you there, then you don't need to doubt. That's true. Next question, uh, you're having us over for dinner at your place. What are you cooking? Uh, Definitely a slow cooker meal. Probably put some chicken, sweet potato, pumpkin, black beans, some sour cream in there. Sounds good. Some spices. You mentioned you're living now in Melbourne. If we're coming to visit, what's the first place you take us to on on sightseeing? Oh, I, the first place I would take someone to is a place called Graceland. It's like this food festival carnival. Um, yeah, it's been amazing every time I've taken anyone to it. Very cool. And last question, your favourite movie? The BBC Sherlock series. I know it's not a movie, but that's my favourite go-to. Well, that wraps up halftime on today's episode of the FLS podcast, hearing about the faith, life and sport from the world of judo of Abigail Paduck. Well, it's time to get back out on the field for today's second half. Back to your judo career, training, you mentioned you're at, you're at university there in Melbourne. Can we ask you what you're doing? But then how does judo training fit into that for you? What's, what would a standard week look like for you? Yes, so uh, I'm doing my honours of exercise science this year. I'm doing some research in hamstring injuries and just looking at different types of injury preventions in that space for hamstring strains. Uh, And my standard week is uh, pretty busy at the moment. I work Monday, Tuesdays till midday, uh, and then I'll have judo every night of the week. And... And then I will fill up the rest of the time uh, with uni work and 
sorry, end of morning session. Sorry, that was so all over the place. <laughs> just how it kind of makes sense in my brain. <laughs> no, totally fine. And when you finished your uni degree, what's the aim? What What are you hoping to to then move into? And could judo be alongside with what you want to want to do? Yeah, it's changed a lot over the past few years. So I got into exercise science straight out of high school and I really enjoyed doing that uh, and studying it and learning all about the human body. Uh, I particularly loved all these units that I didn't in high school, like science and biology and just stepping in and being like, wow, God's made something incredible. Uh, But I've actually had uh, quite an issue with dealing with nerve pain in my feet. So uh, the standard route out of exercise science, so I did high performance sport. um, So I can be accredited um, sports scientist, exercise scientist now. Uh, But that's not really an option for me with my foot pain at the moment, just all the standing and walking. Uh, And so I was like, oh, just, I'm working with some great physios here at the Victorian Institute of Sport and they're hoping to get this better. It's been quite a long-term injury and they think it will be about two, two and a half years to um, completely rehab. So I was like, I'll just do honours year Um, and given an extra year to see if anything shifts in that space. Uh, If it shifts, then I have uh, a lot of options available to me, which I'm very excited to explore. If it doesn't, uh, I think I'll either go down one or two paths, either do a PhD, give it a little bit more time, or I'll go down uh, an imaging radiology path. Okay. Yeah. And your judo career, how? what is, I suppose, the lifespan of for you competing or what's the average sort of time frame for um, a competing judo career going forward? You said you're 23. How many more years do you see yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, giving into that as well yeah so I think that depends a lot on current injuries I have had a sneaky look into the literature and seeing that it's about uh 26-27 uh judo athlete peaks Mm -hmm. um where a lot of other sports that will be quite early 20s uh it's later in judo I think because of the technical aspect uh so definitely if it's God's plan and my body holds up for it I would consider doing it to like late 20s but I guess it depends on how everything else in life shapes out and the stuff that you're learning in in your degree at uni there can you sort of then take that into what you do when uh when you know you're you're doing your judo yeah a hundred percent especially during um my undergraduate degree in the bachelor's I remember every time I would learn something new about the body it would be like come up my mind would just go back to it in training like I'd learn about like uh the respiratory system I'll learn about like all the different types of measurements in the heart and stuff like that and it would be like oh this is what's happening in my body right now during training (laughs) like this is what this program's designed to do this is the adaptation they're looking for so that's been really helpful uh actually last year when I was doing my internship I did a bunch of work with uh, the Taekwondo athletes and Judo athletes here at the Victorian Institute of Sport. And so they're basically very similar programs to my own. Uh, and yeah, it was cool because I knew all the kind of science methodology and reasoning behind their programs. And so to be able to see that in your own program, 
it's a I find it a lot more motivating because you're not just oh coach told me to like hit this time or I need to do this extra rep it's like oh no we're actually going for this adaptation we need the endurance or no I need to keep my heart rate behind higher than this because in training it's this high um so that's been really cool yeah, you mentioned last year. Take us back as well, please. Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in England. Firstly, congratulations on getting bronze. Can you share with us your first Commonwealth Games? Can you share with us just about the experience overall for you as an athlete there? Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, it was really cool to see. I've never been at an intersport event before, uh, so that was really cool to have other teams from the Australian team there, first and foremost, and then uh being so close to all the other athletes uh from other countries that was really cool unfortunately because of my foot injury I didn't go to the opening ceremony but to see all the other countries line up with all their um kit on uh especially Wales Wales was definitely my favorite kit um they had like the dragon um wings on the side uh yeah that was super cool uh, and then also at nights, when we watched the rugby seven girls play and taking out the wins and everything like that, like we were all just there cheering all of us from like different sporting backgrounds. That was so cool to come together as an Australian team. And for you, can you talk us through a little bit some of the, the moments in, in the, the matches? Would you, is that what you call them for you in, in those judo, the rounds, and then obviously getting bronze as well? That was... I had to it a little bit before that, as in we had been overseas for, I think, six weeks before that. Um, but the two and a half years prior to that, I was dealing with this injury. So I hadn't actually competed. Uh, so it was pretty nervous heading off onto that trip. I didn't really know what it was going to look like. I hadn't competed before internationally in seniors. Uh, and so that was a great experience getting back on the mat and doing judo again. I had really missed, like, we trade a lot for considering how uh, sometimes how short our matches can be. Uh, so it was great to actually get the reward of being back on the mat and winning some fights. Uh, and also just showing up. So something that we like to do typically is show up to the stadium uh, the day or a couple of days before just to get an idea of the atmosphere before you go out and fight. Obviously nerves are pretty high uh, on competition day. So if you can take in your environment before that, that can help as a strategy just to reduce some of the nerves and unknown. Uh, And so Grand Prix and Grand Slams and like big uh, competitions like Com Games and Olympics uh, have a lot bigger mat spaces than your standard European Cup. I think it's like eight by eight, the mat space versus sometimes like six by six, something like that. So to stand there and be like, well, these mats are huge and I'm about to be out there and fighting tomorrow. Uh, that was really cool. Um, and then obviously they have this whole, I do walking out, especially in the finals, they have this whole like TV kit all in your face <laughs> and you're like, I just want to focus on my fight. <laughs> then, yeah, so it was a completely different experience. It was great to bring home a medal. No, no, well done, well done. And finally, moving forward for you, what what's next? Um, um, coming up, what is it? Is it next year for the Olympics? Are you a, is, is that what you're aiming for or is there other tournaments in between now and then? Yeah, so yes to both. Uh, there's tournaments in between. I'm starting back uh, 
at nationals, which is um, in June. And then late June, early July, I'll head overseas for uh, a few Asia Cups. Uh, and that's when the start of my qualifying period for the Olympics will start. I've changed, uh, gone back and forth a little bit with weight divisions. And in judo, uh, points for Olympics starts two years out. But whatever uh, weight division you've gotten those points in isn't transferable. Uh, so... Uh, you need to build up those points all in one weight category. Uh, and so, yeah, that will be my aim over the next coming year. And how does uni sort of tie into, obviously, then you're away for periods and <laughs> tournaments? Do you, do you take the uni work on the road with you as well? Yeah, so uni is pretty intense, especially being an honours year, but I have an amazing supervisor and he's done a lot of work in the hammy space so it's been a great one to have his expertise I feel like that's helped me skip uh through a lot of things very quickly uh but we have had a lot of chats around like participant recruitment what's going to happen if I'm not here uh, we as soon as I get my schedules through I send it through to him and like I won't be here for this month to this month we need to like aim for participant recruitment here to here so a lot of scheduling is involved, but I think all athletes have uh, developed pretty good skills in scheduling and I just see how it goes out. I'm doing um, 0.75 full-time load, so hopefully that helps me manage it all a bit better. Well, Abigail, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Graham. Well, thanks for joining me on today's episode of FLS. If there's anyone in your part of the world you'd love us to chat with, please get in touch. For more details, just head to faithlifesport.com and I look forward to you joining me once again next time we're back out on the field together hearing about the faith, life and sport of past and present Christians in sport on FLS.